Welcome back guys, welcome to Suits and Tracksuits episode 6 and I'm your host today, Dexus. Oh, it's 5? Yeah. Definitely 5? Yeah. 100% it's 5. Yo guys, welcome back to Suits and Tracksuits episode 5 with your host Dexter Sims and my co-host Javid Lahair. Hope you enjoy. So Jav, we're here again. Here we are. Episode 5. They thought we were going to stop, but we're continuing. We've got a lot to talk about, haven't we? We've got a lot to talk about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where do we start, you know? Um, I think today I wanted to discuss about um, anger management in the workplace. Yeah. And in the business. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously you wear a suit and I wear a tracksuit. Mm -hmm. So people might think the tracksuit guy is going to get angry all the time. But obviously in a suit, you must get angry too. 100%. How, how do you deal with anger in your industry? Yeah, and... Um, the squeaky chair. <laughs> I think it's such a valuable topic because aside of what we're wearing, we're humans, right? And if we go back to reasons for anger and an emotion, being having an emotion, whether that's happy, sad, joy, you know, adventurous, whatever stage we're at, yeah. there's usually a cause. Now, in the workplace, and talking from experience, um, there are times where I've spoken up. And I, you know, it's, it's because of the cause. And mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. So let's say I went through a certain role in a certain team, right? Smashed interviews, everything went really well. Then I hear someone telling me, like, like good feedback and everyone in the team's like, oh, yeah, we're excited for you to join, mm -hmm. right? And then I get told I didn't get the job by a hiring manager. So I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know, I can't tell you anything else. I'm like, but you, you were the hiring manager, how comes? Someone within his team told me, can't believe your manager stopped you getting that role. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, they've had one person leaving already and now they can't have a second person. That's what they told my manager. And then they're like, oh, I don't think I was meant to tell you. And I was so upset because, yeah, you know, in, in the corporate place, you're on this sort of, you know, career development program that you get to a certain place and then you do all these extra things and then you go up the next level. And it's all like breadth and depth and they talk about a lot of these things. And again, it's a past company from a few years ago. So current company is great. Um, so just a disclaimer. Just a disclaimer. His current names, company, his current company. workplace is great. It's great. <laughs> From the age of sixteen, somewhere along yeah. those lines, right? So um, happened at a previous. So yeah, I got told I didn't get the role, and then when they couldn't give me a reason, because I'm like, okay, it's fine if I don't get a role. That's fine. Give me. I feedback. want a reason. Yeah, I want some yeah. feedback. Yeah. Give me something for growth. I'm receptive. We're not perfect. We're always learning. I always say we're students of life. You know, I. If there's a softer skill or if there's a particular qualification I need to do or be mentored by someone, tell me. me but if you're coming to me and you can't tell me the reason, and then I've heard, well, your manager stopped you, so I've obviously gone to speak to my manager. And I've <laughs> whoa, said, whoa. yeah. And I've said, you know, why did you do this? And I said, you know, I, I, I put my best foot forward. I spent all this time preparing, because you're preparing evenings, weekends, sacrificing family events. You know, and it's, it's not like you're just going for a job overnight. You've prepared two years for this type of role. So then they can't give you justification, and then you've approached the guy, and then, what did he say? He said, um, you're temperamental, aren't you? Oh, you see, oh, And I'm like, oh, oh, you've called oh. me, and to defuse me, and I'm like, I can't see how this is temperamental. I'm just temperamental. I've just asked you, you know, here's the facts. Oh, sorry, you're getting a bit aggressive now, though, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. You see? And, <sighs> and, and then you're just like, what are you trying to do? And it's like, yeah, you know, I think you should, Think about how you come across. And I've just gone in to say, <laughs> I didn't get the role. I'm asking you why you've stopped me getting the role. Can you give me a reason? If they would have said, look, because I did have great client feedback. I'm not going to lie. If a CEO recognizes your work for your feedback from clients and your clients are messaging them, that's something good. If you've had awards for the work you've done, that's, that's something good. Something. If you've got good results and you've been set up in the right way, you know, and you've made the effort, you know, results speak for themselves. 100%. So when he said that, I was like quite shocked. And it goes back to one of my points in the previous series about politics. Then it's politics and brand management. And then yeah. <laughs> in the workplaces, there are sort of closed networks and closed circles. So at school, again, yeah, they say- the friendship circles and that. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, all the friendship circles. I can't deal with, you know, because you, you feel like you want to try and fit in there or you yeah. want to fit in there. You're like, no, 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 I can't play this game you lot are playing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not, for me, it's accept me for who I am. I will respect you, but respect me back. And that's our sort of commonality. I'm not going to change my ways. And I hope I'm a good person. You know, I try to give back to community. I've mentored loads of people. Um, and you know, when the team 
your, your, your colleagues like, ask you for advice and just like some time to chat to you about just opinions. Give it to them, huh? And I love that. It's like, oh, wow, that's nice of you that you've accepted my time or you want to speak to me. Um, but yeah, so I'd say anger management, when it comes to it, I think it's in the workplace, I do feel like, again, again not my current company, it's fantastic that in the past, I felt you, you almost have to, as much as people say, be yourself and speak your truths, you have to suppress of what happens to you because um, people who call the shots don't always want you to speak up. Yeah. So you have to kind of play along with a fake game and I can't do fake and that's where I exclude myself from things. Uh, leading off the back of that, I think that's the reason why I've always gone down the independent route. Yeah. Because I don't take blockage lightly. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not saying I react in a certain way, but as in it emotionally hurts. Mm -hmm. I can't take um, bias. Mm -hmm. You know, you just don't want to give me that position just cause, and then you don't want to give me an explanation. I don't like people who abuse their authority. Yeah. So Same. I feel like, yes, I might can try and curve my anger, to a certain limit, mm -hmm. because it's like, you're suppressing me. Yeah, you're, 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 you're belittling me. Yeah. You know, I'm a grown man, and I'm a father. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you might be stopping my food mm -hmm. from my table, or you might be blocking my blessings, mm -hmm. because you have that position of power. So the anger, I've always thought, to curve that, I'm gonna stay independent. Mm -hmm. Little did I know, being independent, I've probably got to deal with more human beings than if I was in the workplace. Yeah. Because you've got to deal with a couple colleagues and your manager. When I run my companies, I've got to deal with the public. I've got to deal with staffing. I've got to deal with management. And then I realised, it's only recently I've realised, raw people management is a proper skill. Yeah. A skill I didn't get taught. A skill I didn't know existed. I thought being nice is just nice. But in business, there is a different form of communication. 100%. And curving your anger, having empathy for another human, having empathy for your staff, having empathy for, for mistakes, I found it hard to deal with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I used to be horrible. And this stands up, I used to be horrible. Some might say I'm still horrible. <laughs> but I used to be horrible. <laughs> Because I used to say things, and I can tell you straight, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna beat around the bush. I used to say things like, why are you telling me about your personal life? Because that's their excuse. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know, their car broke down, or they got paid mother drama, or they, they lost their money, or they done this. I'm thinking, this is what I used to be like. Why are you telling me about your personal life? Mm -hmm. Me and you have business, we have an agreement. I don't tell you about my personal life. I didn't tell you that I beefed with my baby mother this morning. I didn't tell you that my son school's phoning me this morning. I didn't tell I'm talking about the contract. What's our, what's our thing, what we got? Don't tell me about your life, because if I told you about you, my life, you'll be stressed. That was a bad approach. I never knew that. Because I want something from that person. To get it. So it's hard. it was hard for me to, even now it's still hard for me to allow people to use their life as an excuse when I'm trying to operate as a professional company and I believe from viewing other staff members in companies, Barclays, Tesco's, wherever it is, you miss a day, you nearly get fired. You come from lunch break, five minutes late, you get disciplinary. So I'm thinking, hold on. So my staff just take the piss then. Yeah. They proper take the biscuit. Because I'm thinking, hold on. <laughs> they can come late. They can use stuff. They can lose stuff. They can break stuff. They can stay extra. They... And all I ask for sometimes is, you know, the respect of my equipment. The respect of my brand. Definitely the respect of a position. Because I think one of the mistakes I make is being over-friendly and it makes them become familiar. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I used to do a lot of bad stuff like give my staff members my phone number because I think how I work is why our PA hates me. She don't hate me really, she loves me. Love, love you, Chloe. But she used to say, I don't do phone calls, I don't work on Fridays, and I don't work after six. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? I pay you. 
Like, how pay you? I need to talk to you. But guess what? That's made her business run a certain way. With me now, all my staff who've got my numbers, they're texting me at 11.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Dex, what do you think of this? What do I think of my eyelids need to close? How about that? Do you know what I mean? So there is a, 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 a little distance between friendly and familiarity, which leads on to my anger problem. Because even being an independent person, a lot of your results count towards your success. Yeah, 100%. So if you put a result-based project mm -hmm. in front of a staff member, they don't know the importance of it being delivered mm -hmm. on time, complete, rare, rare. Because in your mind, they're just doing their job. But in their mind, when they do their job, or if they don't, it's neither here nor there. But in your mind, it goes towards a result that leads to a successful place. Once that messes up, it's like you've messed up the result. And then it becomes personal, where when I've been taught, when I was growing up, don't take business personal, I flipped it on his head and said, my business feeds my family. So if business messes up and my family don't eat, it's personal. But I'm still trying to learn to curve that sentence too. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? All these things I, I, I had to learn. Sorry, I just give you a hand there your mic. But I, I, all these things I had to learn because I didn't go to business school. I didn't work for a company. I haven't been in an organisation. I haven't seen a structured from um, CEO to PA to management to staff to team. No. So I'm just freestyling and I'm dealing with people. Yeah. Not realising that, right, I do run a company now and it's successful. So the positions... Everybody needs agreements and contracts. I didn't even used to do that because I used to believe your word is your word. My word is my word. But in the real world, if you don't have contracts and agreements, it can lead to problems and problems lead to a disagreements and disagreement leads to anger management. <laughs> 100%. And there's a few points you uh, mentioned there. And, um, you know, as leaders, I, I, from what I've seen, companies don't always get it right either who have training invested in their teams and management and all the rest of it. Yeah, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> and, you know, for example, in an instance with myself, you know, I think compassion and empathy is very important. And I'm going to touch on something quite personal here, but I lost three people in a very short space of time. The biggest loss, or all lives are valuable, but my dad was my closest person. And as you know, when we grew up in Kennington, you know, your house is just opposite ours. And you said yourself, you've hardly seen me outside as a kid, right? Yep, not outside our little playing bit, no. Yeah. And I used to, because I used to get bullied at times. And, you know, growing up, my dad sort of became my best friend. He's a person I'd, you know, go to advice for. He's always full of wisdom and knowledge. But I had a really close relationship with my dad where, you know, I really respected my dad. He was a hard worker. He was a respected individual in the area. And um, so when he died, I felt like a part of me went with him. Oh, bless you. Now, it took a while, and in fact, before he passed, he said to my mum, look, I'm worried about Javid the most and one of my other brothers because we're quite, I guess, empathetic. Emotional. And it, yeah, yeah, and touchy, yeah. even though it might not show in my workplace, but there was a big connection. So after he went, you know, it's like simple days of, you know, my dad would message me on uh, my birthday or send me a WhatsApp voice no, note or something. No, serious. No, can I just jump in there right there? It's serious, mate. Yeah. Because my dad, love you, dad. He messaged me. At midnight, yeah. on my 38th birthday. Yeah, yeah. And I felt, look at that. Yeah. That's my hero right there. That's my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get that. And, you know, if I, if I pin certain things that happen, so for example, when I was working somewhere, um, I was really upset because I got told, and this is before dad passed, they had two weeks left. It was in palliative oh, care. Told, and palliative right? care is end of life care, right? So what happens... I, again, where we grew up, you're kind of hard, you know. We went to a boys' school. We grew up in <laughs> South London. You don't show weakness. So I've, I've gone into my workplace going, yeah, I don't like it here anymore, right? And, and it's just, I didn't know how to handle it because my mood is completely off. I, you, you've just been told your dad's on palliative care. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm a, emotionally, I'm a mess. But I'm not going to say, hey, you know, I, it's not something I'm used to in the sense of you don't really talk about talk your feelings, about it, yeah, right? Talk about feelings, yeah. And then it's like, okay, and you know, bless the people who supported me through that because I had some very good people at the time um, supporting me through that. Mm. And um, I was learning about myself. Anyway, dad passed, 
quite a life-changing moment for me. Some other people passed in my life and I think after that I really felt it because then I started missing people, the events weren't the same, you feel, you feel the absence of your sort of senior members of the family as it were yeah. and I love that setup. So and I still remember in, in the workplace I was at and I was a little bit down just at one point because it got a little bit on top of me because my mum was impacted and I remember one person saying to me, like, what's your problem? Like, we were good with you at your dad's time. You had time off, so we don't know what's wrong with you. And I was like, if, if only you knew what I was going through. Because, because of my previous experience of expressing myself, I'm like, well, I can't express myself. I can't tell you what I think. Yeah, I can't, see, yeah, so I'll suppress it. You now. Yeah. So when I've spoken to professionals, they're like, you've had a lot of suppressed anger because You've had things said to you, you've not responded to it, or you've tried to just cover up your emotion and your feeling, and as a result of that, it's impacted you internally. And I was in, in and out of hospital. I had kidney problems. I had a potential fatal growth, which is okay, right? God bless. Thank God. So I was in and out of Marleybone Street. I didn't want to be around people. So even in the office, I'd sit on the outside of the office because I just didn't want to tell anyone. Marleybone Street, not Ten Thomases. Yeah, Marleybone Street. Right? <laughs> so I was in and out, speaking to consultants, getting results you know, being put in those MRI machines, MRI scan yeah, machines, yeah, yeah, right? Know, yeah. And then I look back, it's because, uh, you know, the stress led to a variety of health problems. And I just felt, you know, it's when you try to suppress your anger because you don't want to upset people, it can impact you internally. So I think in the workplace, there should be a way you can express yourself. So there's no like, and, department for that? Well, let's just go, let's not go there because there's titles and, um, you know, documents to cover every policy. It doesn't mean that it's... That, it, that it's helpful yeah. or it's really existence. And when you go through things, you realise what really matters. And, you know, mm -hmm. and I look back at periods of my life and I think as a human, all I needed was someone I trusted to speak to yeah. and just say, hey, look, I'm going through a really hard time right now. I might not be myself. And imagine you've just... A couple of years before that, you've been on stage because you've got this fancy award with everyone recognising because you've like gone all out. Like I've missed family events to attend US company meetings and stuff for a certain company, I won't mention which. Yeah. But you know, I've sacrificed a lot of my personal time. I've put a lot into this business. There were things I was doing I wasn't even saying because I saw it as my responsibility. I don't even drink, okay? But I was out with my clients late at night because I on was drinks like, on, that, yeah. on drinks on that. Now, again, you know, it's the UK, that's fine. Everyone does whatever they want. I was quite happy with my pineapple juice. And if anyone ever wants to take me out for a drink, pineapple juice is the one, <laughs> but not too many, because when I come off that sugar high, I get a really bad headache. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I mean, I was like, okay, you know, this is business. You, you put the company first and, but then I'm like, you know what? You need to put yourself first. So whilst the topic is anger and having emotion, you know, I think people need to realize that there are ways you can talk and communicate, but it requires people to be receptive and understand to allow people to be receptive and not, you know, we did this for you, we did that for you, why are you being like this? It's like, if, and then I think that's a message for the world that if someone is being a little bit different with you, don't automatically take it personally and don't assume it's you. And I think that's where empathy comes into it. And it's no point talking about empathy if you're not practicing it. A lot of companies talk about empathy and compassion. If you don't live by it, it doesn't matter how much you talk about it. Yeah, I don't think a lot of companies really believe it. Like Gary Vee talks about it 100%, yeah. which I believe if I went to um, um, Gary's, um, Gary Vee, um, what's it called, VaynerMedia, mm -hmm. with his 300 staff, I believe 250 of them will proper smile at me and be so happy. Like, hi, do you want a tea? Yeah. I just believe that because of he proper advocates for it. Mm -hmm. You know, he even says your staff, you work for your staff, you, your staff don't work for you. You know, it's empathy in the workplace is a major thing. 100%. And I think to appreciate good people, like I look back at certain places and I really send good vibes to those who are genuinely good people. Because you can spot that, right? But also you realise in your time of need what really matters and what doesn't. So again, keeping it on the topic and not going down a diversion from my part yeah. is we all face emotions, we go through different things in life. I think it's important to talk about your topics. Um, and I think this is more for companies to listen rather than individuals because- Well, I'm a company because I need to know from the top because I've, I've, I've found it difficult with communicating with staff, with um, 
public because of, I don't know, where they might see me or even sometimes where I, where I might see them. So you can see I might belittle, I might look down on some people sometimes or, or the understanding of mindset. You know, we, we can't communicate. I'm not getting the right... So I've had miscommunication throughout my life because, again, I didn't go to business school to learn about empathy in the workplace for your staff. Yeah. I've become a boss. Mm -hmm. I didn't apply to be a boss, which came with a description. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I think if I look at it simply, it's people are humans first. And the moment we appreciate that people have like emotions, they have, people have requirements in terms of just having safety, security, um, when you look at it from that perspective and detach taking things personally, if people are on a good track in their home environment, in their personal lives, mm. that will come across in the workplace. Oppositely, if someone isn't in a good place in their personal life and home life and have other stresses on, that would also come out. I'm but I that. think as humans and as leaders and as sort of people of responsibility, it's upon us to make sure that we really understand because the worst thing you can do is make someone feel worse than they already are by f saying things, extra things, which you're just adding to their stress. And you're just like, why would you do that? It takes you know, quite a cruel mindset to do that to someone, but it happens, it happens. You know? So I think the biggest thing I'll say is compassion and empathy, don't just speak about it, but live by it and truly mean it. Um, because right now I feel the most resilient I've ever felt in my life. You know, I'm so grateful I have a title which I absolutely love, and it's not just about title, it's a good company, great role in a fantastic space, in the social media space, which is the most happening space. We're going through a recession, we're going through, you know, economic climate. Um, you know, I have my various other ventures um, at weekends, um, and it's just coming out of it, like you go through things and you grow through it. You grow through things, that is what it is, you grow through things, yeah. So, you know, and, and you learn from, things in terms of that communication part, what works, what doesn't work. I'm learning and so much, mate. The things that I haven't learned because I haven't been in the workplace, I've had to learn, I would say, the hard way. Yeah. Because even now, when I say the word staff, I, I started off with the word team member mm -hmm. and family because that's how I want it to feel. That's how I want it to come across. Throughout my years of experiencing when people believe they're your family, you know, when they walk in, they walk on decks, and I think, oh, okay. Or they text you in the middle of the night, oh, okay. Or, he, you know, he tells you, let me get this or let me do, I think, wow, did I make him become too familiar? Cool. But then there's another situation. When I remembered, when I realized that I have to treat people like staff, not in a rude way, but as in, I am boss, I am management, you are staff, you are on a wage, you are on a contract. But it's, I had to learn a hard way when one time a staff member literally tried to swindle me. And it's happened many times, mm -hmm. but there's a specific time I remember in my head where we was filming. So you work Monday to Friday, how many other hours, how much ever wages. Now on Friday, you heard us all talking about the video shoot we're gonna to do tomorrow, which is on a Saturday, on a weekend. And you said, oh, can I, can I come to the video shoot? Yeah, I'd love to help out on, on the shoot and that. You know what I mean? Sure you can. On the weekend, your spare time. Cool. Everyone can come and get experience. No problem. What do you think happened? On our timesheet, at the end of the month, I saw Saturday, eight hours. I thought, hold on. Didn't you volunteer to come out with us on Saturday? But you wanted to get more hours. That's what you wanted to do. Whereas in my mind, I believed, again, family, team, you want to be involved. Yeah. No, staff member trying to get more money. I had to realise the separation between family and staff. People who work are working for money for their living. So they will try to come late, to leave early, to get extra hours, to skive, to do less work, to gain more. Because that's in human's nature. The problem is, is that I'm the boss now feeling the brunt of it. Whereas I will be the same, I'll be open. I'll be the same. When I go work on that, clock in a bit, clock in five minutes early, even though I know I came late, you get me? Leave out a little 10 minutes early, put in extra, I'll do the same. 
But because I'm the boss, because I'm the wage payer, yeah, I'm seeing these, these little sneaky things mm -hmm. and it's affecting me. So now, years later, I've learned, you know, I don't give out my number no more. I hardly take phone calls. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone, <laughs> I feel awkward. People say, like, oh, yeah, let's catch up. What's it? Um, give me a number, innit? Or someone DMs me and say, send me a number. I want to catch up. And I'm like, how do I say this? Um, I, I don't take calls no more. Mm -hmm. Or um, can we do emails? I don't want you to feel funny yeah. with how I run my life. I don't want to have a conversation with you because, not because it's you, it's because of time. Mm -hmm. I respect my time. Mm -hmm. I know I could speak to you and it could go on for 20 minutes because I'm a nice guy, I will give information, it's fine. But in that 20 minutes, you've learned a lot. And I won't say I've wasted time because I've helped a person, but I didn't have that time. Mm -hmm. And it's because you've got my number, you was able to force that time out of me. So I've learned, I only do it with emails now. And even then, now I'm finding that the more I'm moving towards more like a CEO, more like an um, entrepreneurial person who runs the company, I am getting a little bit of stigma. But then I look at it like, have you ever met the owner of JD Sports? Have you ever met the owner of Nike? Have you met the owner? Have you, have you met Colonel? From KFC. Is he still around, Kevin? You know what I mean? Have you met Ronald McDonald? So why is it? Because I put myself out there as accessible. Am I so accessible? When I'm trying to separate... It, it is kind of a cliche because it's, I'm putting myself out there as accessible. And then when you look, try and rush me, I'm like, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. We've got channels to go through. <laughs> so it's a kind of contradiction. So I've learned the hard way. Yeah, I yeah. understand. I think... What I take from that is also, there's two things. The first part is principles and boundaries. Right? When you spoke about the staff member doing those things, mm -hmm. you know, I think wherever you're in a workplace or running your own thing, yeah. it comes down to respecting your boundaries and having a level of understanding. And I think that's absolutely right and absolutely fair. Um, and to your second part and just knowing... So wait, but stay on that first part a minute. Was, was she in the right or was I in the right? Not right, but as in... You know, she was trying to get extra hours and tried to word it a smart way. Yeah. And I declined it and said, "I'm only paying you Monday to Friday." I thought you'd done. A, I thought you was. A, I thought you was offering to come and help. Mm -hmm. Who, what was what your take on that? Okay, so without knowing too much information of the situation, but yeah. knowing from the facts you've just shared, yeah. of the expectation was a volunteer yeah. for the day, and then there's this eight-hour thing on a timesheet. There's like misunderstanding there when I, that seems like they shouldn't be putting forward a request for a return if it was a voluntary gig, yeah. right? So I personally am not a fan of that because um, I'm, I'm a fan of transparency and honesty, right? Be transparent with me, just yeah. tell me straight. Like I felt you were swindling me. Yeah. And so, that's why I think why I reacted so bad to it. Because yeah. I felt you were swindling me. If you would have said, if I come, could I get some extra hours? Mm -hmm. I would have said, mm, okay, you can come for eight, I'll pay you for four. Yeah. We could have had a conversation. Or was it my part as the boss to when she said, can I come and do the shoot on Saturday with you? At that moment, was I supposed to say, would you be coming voluntary or would this be for paid work? Because now I'm learning yeah. that is my responsibility because I'm the one who's going to end up paying. <laughs> yeah, because it seems strange if someone's asking to come along to a day. On a you, video shoot. On a video shoot, you would assume that they just want, you know. To, to come and experience exactly. it. So I think it's, um, you know, it's a bit of an odd one, depending on the relationship with the person as well. But personally, I'll be like, just to clarify, knowing that's happened before, like you learn as you go along. That's why right? I said I'm getting great now. Because you lot have, you lot have messed me up all this time. You <laughs> swindled me all these, like, all these years. Now I know what questions to ask you. Now I know what to put in your contracts. Yeah. Now you can write the rules to the game. Now, that I've been yeah, playing. bruv. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, from what you've said and the information presented, it does sound like um, there was a misunderstanding or miss interpretation of, you know, it sounded like an opportunity to come and stand or view, not a paid gig. So again, so it just sounds a bit odd, if I'm honest. Um, and the second part of making yourself accessible, because again, knowing you and knowing your brand, you? you know, I've walked down the street with you and three people knew you away, and one person said, hey, can you mentor me for my business? And I'm just like, whoa, this is, <laughs> I'm out here with Celeste, like Dexter, right? Like, sign, yeah. uh, sign something for us. But- um, I mean, literally only a five minute walk as well. Five minute walk, we just went down the street. I didn't, and, uh, I wouldn't have noticed it if you didn't mention it. Yeah. 
So that means I really do live in a bubble. Because I walked down there five minutes, and three different people from three different walks of life saw me. You know, even the person, you know, would be the second person who just said, ain't you blue? And I was thinking, right, you even know my nickname. So it's like, but I still just forgot about it and carried on a conversation. It's only when you mentioned, mate. So, yeah. And I think with that, people, um, you know, I mean, it's a complimentary thing because they already associate you with certain things and it's your personal brand. Um, and for that person to say, hey, can you mentor me? Like, he's just met you outside. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know the guy's name. Do you remember what happened? Do you remember we were standing there? He was listening to our conversation. No, he was looking through the door yeah. of the hub. And then I said to him, hey, hey, mate. And he was like, no, 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 I know. I just didn't want to interrupt you. I was just looking. Yeah, yeah. But I thought he was just a, like, not a nobody, but he was just nosy in the, in the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out he knew who I was, you know, and I didn't know his name, but yeah, like you said, he wanted to mentor me. And I, I, think, that, to mentor, yeah. I think that comes from openness and making yourself accessible. So one thing I'm a fan of is setting time boundaries. Like, you mentioned people call you. I freak out when my phone rings. Who are you calling? Calling me. Like, I don't, but yeah. I think that's my problem. Yeah. Because now I want to be like that. Okay. Bro, you've had the same number for 16 years. It's all over the internet. How do you want people not to call you? Mm. But now I feel like, how are you phoning me? You don't have the right to phone me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a very personal thing with some phones. Like WhatsApp messages for me are cool. A few direct inboxes, emails for professional stuff. Professional. But calling me, like, my mum usually calls me to check in. Yeah, my dad like, and mum, my aunt, yeah. And it's like, okay, I'll answer that call. But anyone else, I sometimes stare at you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why would you phone? <laughs> Sorry to anyone who's, oh, I've missed their calls. Yeah, yeah, don't think I do it all the time yeah, looking at you now. <laughs> Usually it's in a different place and I've not intention, or I'm driving and I don't answer the phone when I'm driving. Nope. So I'm always driving when you call, but I'm not a fan. Well, speaking, plus it gives me headaches, the radiation from mobiles oh, yeah. gives me headaches. So unless I've got headphones, I would never talk anyway. But if it was a business and if I'm working in a business, I would answer the phone in that capacity. Yeah. Of course. But the accessibility of my number being out there for 16 years, and people being able to just phone me or see me on the road and rare it, it, it was a good thing to me. Mm. Now I'm trying to curve it. I, and I want to become the CEO who is, let me get this right, unaccessible to a degree. Because my main goal in life was to become a CEO who is accessible. Because when I was little, I wanted to know how to start a business. I had no CEOs to ask a question. And that's what I believe I want to be for the youth of tomorrow. I want to be accessible to a degree. How do you start a clothing line? You can either come on my course and I can teach you, you can do a program, but you want a quick couple of punchlines? Cool. Hit me on my DM or let me send you this video or point you to the direct. You know, I'll give them my time because it's a question or two questions. But it's when they want to phone me and say, rare, 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 rare. So what do you think of, can I send you my design? Can I send you my t-shirt? Can you come down and have a look? Whoa, I can't. Time is important. Absolutely. And if you don't respect your time, people won't respect your time. I've just bought a meme out of that. <laughs> people will respect your time as much as you do. And in, even for yourself, if you respect yourself and have self-respect, people will have to respect you. And I think that's another important thing out there is, you know, respect is a two-way street. Respect is a two-way street. 100%. No, well, that was a brilliant topic. And I did want to um, touch on another topic today, seeing as it's our special episode, um, episode five, which is a random episode, which we're just talking about random situations. Yeah. One of the um, situations I want to talk about for our viewers, this is for you guys now. You can't say we don't talk about the gems now. Right? This is some gems. I want to talk about investments. Mic drop. Mic drop. It's not saying investment. Serious time. Mic got <laughs> And we're not excited. even stopping because the mic got excited when we talk about investments. You get me? Um, and they're only props anyway, as you can see, we're mic'd up proper. Yeah? So anyway, investments. Why I want to talk about investments? Because when I teach, when I do mentoring, the word investment, and I mean, I even teach in business school in um, uh, Children's Holiday Club. And I remember teaching this word about investment and what it means to them. And one of my explanations was, investment doesn't always necessarily mean money. Invest, you can invest your time. You can invest your money. You can invest your, your, your skill. You can invest, your, you know what I mean? Or you can give something as an investment that can bring back something. But in terms of investment, obviously it's a mindset thing and people think different. What's the gems 
you can bring off off the top of your head regarding what to invest in, how to invest, and if you should invest. Yeah. yeah, let's just touch on those subjects. I think that's a great topic. So firstly, I'll start with investment as an input and an output. Okay. Yeah. And that's very sim simply put, but there are multiple facets to investing. So one of the things we've alluded to is that I chose going down the educational route, right? Or when I did certain qualifications, certain degrees, that was an investment. That could have been a car. That, but instead I said, no, in the next few years, I feel like this will be valuable for my skill set, for my growth so to do it. So what I call that is investing in yourself. 100%. And I think that's where your first investment should be, is invest in your knowledge, invest in yourself. Because I agree. I agree. Money comes and goes, right? You'll make money, you'll lose money, but you'll learn along the way. But when it comes to certain things, you can't take away experience and you can't take away certifications. Or knowledge. Or knowledge, right? That stays with you. So first and foremost, I think it's trying to go about things the right way. And this is why I'm so happy we're setting this up, that people can learn from our mistakes. Yeah. And when it comes to investments, I've made a lot of mistakes, yeah, right? Me, 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 me. I invest every day yeah. and I lose every day. So it's good that we're talking about it because the losses of my investment of my investments is what I would like to highlight yeah. because people think every time you invest you just win so yeah, yeah and if, if there's a few things so I'm going to I'm going to take it back to school yeah, yeah in our school you have made it if your family pulls up in a nice car and you've got Nike trainers and, I, and you've got a Parker pen I used to have Parker pen and maybe Clark shoes <laughs> yeah. Clark Wallabies I had Clarks I had Clarks I had free Parker pens yeah and my parents drove in a nice car Sometimes, because <laughs> remember, my life was up and down. <laughs> so mine was slightly opposite, right? And I love my parents and everything they've done for me. But um, we used to pull up in a Fiat Panda, which was red, but started turning orangey pink. Right? <laughs> oh, bless. So, and, you know, our school was behind the oval. Yeah. So you probably didn't know this, but when it came to school, getting out time, we'd get there a bit early next to the oval, duck, jump out of the car and run across the zebra crossing to get to school. And when we did our registration at the end of the day, my brother and I will be the first ones out of school. Again, it felt like a getaway car. Yeah. It's like, you got to look around, who's looking? Run jump in, jump drive, 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 drive. <laughs> because you didn't want people to see your cars, yeah, right? So, so when gold started coming about, investment, you know, if I, if, if I look at what my mindset was at that time, it's like, ah, to be successful and to be seen as successful, you need the right clothing and the right car. And then initially, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy, I'm going to save up for my first Nike Air Max Classics because Nike wasn't good enough because someone said, well, you haven't got an air bubble in there, so it doesn't count. I was like, oh, right, when you're trying to fit in. Um, Car-wise, I've had beautiful cars. How many cars would you say you had? Altogether? Yeah, roughly. See if you've had more cars than me, and he's a car guy. I think about nine. Oh, is it? I've had 25. Oh, that's too many for me. Is it? Yeah, I look 25. after my I've had, I've had Aston Martin, well, I haven't had it, but I've, I've, I've literally had it for a week. Aston yeah. Martin DB7. Nice. Bright orange. Really? It's <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, a yeah. mad thing. So Aston's are my favourite cars. Oh, is it? So I've got yeah. a reg plate for my future car. When things, when I start, you know, going for certain goals, I've got a certain... So here's a clue. I don't know if you can see the cufflink here, but... I've got a reg. Okay, you're going for that Aston Martin, 007 type of one. So I've got a reg plate with that on it. On it. Yeah. Um, so that will come. Which is also right. an investment. It's an investment because for later. Because if you were to sell that license plate, you can get money for exactly. it. Exactly. So Aston, so you know I'm passionate about cars and I can talk for this entire podcast about cars, but I will spare everyone that pain yeah. because a lot of them might not be, a lot of our viewers might not be into it. But Aston Martin, for example, um, so on the subject of cars, people are leasing cars, right? So they've got deposit, they've got monthly payments, talk about PCP. Yeah. So personally, I've always bought my cars. All of my cars, I've had Rangers, I've had BMs, I've you know, you know the V8s and stuff, my convertible classic cars, I've done up cars, but I'm not saying it's wrong. I think once we've had a lease car because it just seemed convenient for school runs, yeah. but all of my personal cars, I've always owned outright because I hate direct debits, first of all, and um, I wanted, I've always liked ownership of my things. And I always look at depreciation. So, for example, I buy cars. So if you think of Warren Buffet, multi-millionaire, but he buys his cars when they've reached maximum, maximum depreciation. So that if you look at the annual cost of your car, you've got to look at depreciation, running costs, and a resale value, right? So when I, when I look at it like that, I've gone, okay, I don't need the flashiest car. I need a car which I enjoy. So right now I've got a 
500 bhp type car or maybe it's like less than 500 some might say it's you know thereabouts it's fast basically it's too fast for the roads right yeah. and i don't drive like in an inappropriate way i go to the racetracks but it's sufficient for me it's not the latest car it's a slightly older car but i'm cool with it i've got my property right so for me investing in things which will go up in value is more important than wasting money so when i see people pay 500 pounds for a car like a new Merc, which they've got to give back at the end of two years, I'm like, that's six, a month. 500 pound yeah, a month. Yeah. So that's six grand in one year, it's 12 grand in two years. What you were better off doing was buying an Aston Martin in finance because the depreciation is less than six grand a year. No, be, no, no, do that calculation for us again. Sorry. You're going to pay 12 grand for a car out of, in payments. For two years. But if you buy an Aston Martin, or if yeah. you so if you, at least one. If you buy an Aston Martin in finance, so let's say it's a PCP, right? You've, You've taken out a car, you're paying 500 pounds a month towards this car on a lease deal and you give it back in into two years, right? Now, assuming the Aston Martin's good and um, it doesn't have much wear and tear and depends on mileage and it's not a car you take to the supermarket, obviously, yeah. but just from a finance, purely numbers and logic point of view, if you bought an Aston Martin, so let's say a DB9 is about 35 grand, yeah. okay? That car doesn't depreciate much so long as you treat it right. So let's say it drops two grand in two years if you've dropped two grand, and once you pay the insurance and road tax and all that stuff, and basic services, it's not going to cost you 12 grand over two years. It might cost you three grand. By the way, don't you still have monthly payments? You have your monthly payments, but you resell it. So it's my oh, interest. You resell, it, yeah. you resell it, right? So you have lesser interest payments yes. on your payments. So not to complicate things, but simply put, if you look at a car, You've got to look at depreciation value. So I look at, I think of our audiences and everyone's like, oh, I want to get an M6 and an M5 and I want to get the latest RS3 Audi and I want to get a 1 Series 135. I'm showing off my knowledge about cars. No, I think. AMG Merc, C63s, E60, whatever easy, it is, right? Easy. So that's all well and good. I tell you what I do. I would personally have an older car as I do and spend a good few hundred pounds on a racetrack and drive a Lamborghini, Nissan GTR, Audi R8, Spyder, and that's exactly, I've, I've driven Ferraris, I've driven all the big cars, and I love it, and I drive it on a racetrack where they're meant to be driven, and I let it out. I've driven Ford Mustangs, I've driven the Fast and Furious car ranges. Oh yeah. But what I'd do is I'd rather have a sufficient car, get my feel of driving on the track, and use that other money that I could have put into that, a, a better, a newer car, into education or a business or growth. So when you ask the question about investment, I think with anything there's opportunity costs, but you can put in something else. So going to a trainer example, you can spend 100 and some, I don't know how much 110s, they used to be called 110s when we were at school. Yeah, they're, they're, they're 150 like, now. 150, 150. They're money, bruv. Whatever they are, the Nike yeah, trainers. I've got 97s on, but you know what I mean, innit? I got, yeah. They're expensive. They used to be called 110s because there was only 110. <laughs> now imagine you'd bought um, a few shares in the company. I got right? Nike shares. You got Nike shares, right? So, yeah. shares in a company, what you realize, what people have to realize is you put money into a company and there's two ways you get paid. You get dividends. Yeah, I get dividends. Share. I got dividends from um, Apple yesterday. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I got two, two, two shares. I got two dividends from Apple yesterday. Amazing. Yeah. I'm learning, bruv, investments, investments. So, you get your dividends in there and then, you know, if you sell on, at a higher price and you've made a profit, yeah, right? Yeah. So when you look at everything as an investment, it's what's your input, what you're getting out of it. Now, obviously there's timing's very important as well. So some things you might put in and forget about for 10 years. Uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin's now what, 40 grand, they're about pounds, 50,000 plus dollars. That was floating at two and a half grand. Yeah. I sold two at two and a half grand, yeah. okay? Now imagine my feeling now, because I wanted- two Yeah, because- two and a half and now they're 15 grand each. Almost 40 something, 40, around 40 grand mark. Each? Yeah, each, yeah. So you look at that and you're like, I've just thrown money away, but you know what, no, I'm not you bothered. you don't, you don't. It's, you a, it's yeah, a lesson, so you're lesson. like, okay, I was- Like I sold something. Zoom, sorry, I sold Zoom. When Zoom bust, yeah. I knew COVID is gonna make Zoom go out the roof. Mm -hmm. I watched it, it went up, I cashed out, I bought it again, went up, went down. <laughs> Boris on his nonsense, in and out, in and out, shake it all about. <laughs> So Zoom was going up and down until it started going down, down, down. I said, no, 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 I'm selling up. I sold up Zoom, I think it was 128 or something. There's Zoom's 400 and something pound now. Really? Because you share, I'm angry. Well, there you go, it's live and learn. And I think that is the element of patience. 
So I think when you said, should you get into investments, like you need a certain mindset because where you have to be careful is where it triggers into gambling. Because oh, <laughs> that's a weakness. As humans, we have weaknesses and you know, that sort of gambling mindset, you just want to stay away from. So you have to be in control of your emotions, look at it as an investment, um, and maybe forget about things. So put things in aside and remember in 10 years. So I do have some Ethereum, for example. Which I are, bought that one time with my mate and then, I don't know what happened to it. Either I just let the app die out or something, bruv. But that was the first kind of share or stock or whatever I was told about, the, the lithium and the other one before crypto came out. Yeah. And then I think I just closed it. Yeah. I didn't get it. <laughs> Sometimes it can be a headache, right? So that's why it comes back to mindset. You have to sort of control your emotions because for me, it's like when something was going great, I was feeling great. When something was going down, it was affecting my emotions. <laughs> you know, I went, I went from like a... Aston Martin DB9 to like a Ford Fiesta, yeah. like, ah, all oh, in two days. Happening, yeah. So I've lost, you know, I've lost money as well. But you know, it's for some people. It's not for everyone. Personally, if I was to share my thoughts on it, I like to. I think you, can, you should only invest money you can afford to lose because things can go up and they can easily go down. I've been told that you should only borrow money that you can afford to lose. <laughs> that too, right? So if you're using the bank's money, there's different concepts on using leverage money, and I won't go into yeah. that. Um, but personally, I decided to invest in myself. I've invested in my business and I've got a five-year plan for what I'm working on, right? So for me, I'm focusing my energy because like we spoke about off-screen, we're only one person. We have only so much energy to spend. I'm an adventurer. I'm a traveler. I personally like to throw money on traveling. I say throw money. It's, it's experience, right? Five pound notes is you know, <laughs> average holidays, right? But no, okay holidays. And I've been to some beautiful destinations, you know, Dubai, Maldives, parts of America. Um, nice Hollywood. Been to Hollywood, yeah. LA, hired a Ford Mustang in LA, convertible, and it rained the whole time I was there. Ah, right? annoying, but, but you was, still had the whole damn rag uh, yeah. <laughs> Down Hollywood Boulevard, people watching me like, who is this guy? Yeah. And I went to an award ceremony. He's, he's just an Indian. Yeah, he's just an Indian. <laughs> Remember that just an Indian is yeah, about? That Hollywood was Boulevard. Harvard. Harvard. <laughs> Let's not forget, right? Yeah. So... You know, I personally like divvy up or divide up my, my expenditure. So family, obviously your priorities, you need a roof over your head. I have a place and I'm grateful that I was able to purchase a place in the postcode we grew up, yeah. right? So I'm very grateful and that's what in to congestion. say. In congestion. My guy. So you See that there? In my a, guy. In a humble way, it's, you know, this was beyond a dream at one point, mm. but you have to work for it. So for me, it's like, okay, I should get an asset rather than putting money on rent. Um, so I went ahead and I did it 10 years ago. 10 years ago? You're lucky, bruv. I only oh, disclosed my business, but only the recent few years I'd buy my property, you get me? And I, and, I, and I sold it because if I would have bought it 10 years ago, about 70 grand on top that is gone on top. You know what I mean? And, but I didn't know the knowledge. I didn't know how to buy a property back then and stuff. Mine was a fluke. It was only because I was living at home with my parents and my dad's once said, and my dad is a lovely guy, he's a very, jovial character he always <laughs> jokes my dad was more of our brother than our dad right yeah. but he's like he was a nice guy he was a funny guy, he was a nice guy. so he's like do you even live here because i'd <laughs> <laughs> i'd be out he'd see me like a saturday morning then i'm gone again mm. and i was like oh my, my family's so lovely but it was just in a jovial way but i'm like i should get my own place and you know indian culture you kind of stay at your family until you get married you're long yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just a cultural thing that's so yeah i'll get my own place and then I didn't move too far from my parents' home because I love my mum's breakfast and, you know, <laughs> nothing beats mum's cooking, but I moved to a place where there's, like, an Indian takeaway, Chinese takeaway, right, uh, there's, like, my. kebab shop, everything underneath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to anyone who's vegan and everything else, like, you know. <laughs> bless, bless, bless. Right, but, um, so, yeah, so that was an investment. So I'd say, you know, you've got to do what's within your means. I think the biggest thing on investment from my part is do what is within your means. Um, and invest wisely, but don't do things blindly. Because when I first got into crypto and I lost a fair bit, which I've then made up in other ways, um, I went in blind because of the hype. And when, by the time it reaches mainstream, there are cycles we don't know about, like the property thing. No one told me that every 10 years, the property prices double. If I'd known that- Every 10 years. Yeah. Every 10 years, there's a certain cycles of a certain seasonality. Yeah, so that's why I missed that thing there. You get me? My thing gone up. But it's still not too late because- in No, it wasn't too late. I still got my property for a decent amount of price and I got me a discount too. So yeah. put me on the ladder a little bit. Brilliant. <laughs> and in the next 10 years, again, things will 
Dublin and Dublin, Dublin. And so you got to look Hopefully at it. Hopefully we'll have Westfield there, make my prices go up. You get me? Oh yeah, just told you where I got my property in it. Yeah, in Croydon, yeah, you get me? But yeah, things is happening, yeah, investments. So anything I've shared, again, it's not to say they've made loads, it's, it's just in a knowledge sharing way, in a humble way, because these things were a dream for me that how am I growing up in Kennington, you know, going to university, doing these things is all like a dream once. To now come back and it's almost like we're reporting back, like we've gone into the world and come back to tell oh, our story. That is like the, the, the brilliantest way to put it because we didn't, but I don't say we didn't believe because you have to have belief. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But we didn't see like we was going to come back, have conversations like this yeah. and have some achievements to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because we come from the crud, we come from the concrete, mm -hmm. the hard, you know, and that's what goes to show no matter where you're from, no matter what you look like, no matter what you're going through, your household, you've got to learn to dig deeper. Yeah, 100%. And you've got to cover your skin to make it thick because it doesn't just become thick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you lose investments, that's giving more thick to your skin yeah. because you know the feeling. Like a lot of people talk a lot and don't know the feeling of running a business. A lot of people talk a lot, don't know the feeling of investing their own money. A lot of people talk a lot and know, don't know the feeling of losing. Like I've talked many losses. Like a lot of people think I'm winning, I'm doing stuff, I run my own companies, whatever, whatever. I've taken so much losses and I'm proud of them because I tried. I, don't, I tried. I can't, even, I can't even see it as a loss. I tried and I now know what didn't work. Like even at the beginning of this last year, everyone saw I invested in a teeth whitening company. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's the number one teeth whitening company in Germany. I still stand by that. It didn't fail. It's just that I got overloaded. But I still got, you know, a couple of quid, four quid sitting in it. And I don't look at it like... I'm rich, I can have money just sitting in stuff. I don't look at it like, oh, I wish I never invested in that. I just see it as that could have been my opening. So I tried. And it's still not lost because last week I got a phone call. Two shops, two beauty people, we've done personal things, real stuff. They want to invest in it. I'm thinking, oh God, I might need to phone the dentist again to get back on it. But if they're going to run it, you know what I mean? So I've invested in like the lithium thing. I invested in that. I lost about 200 quid, you know what I mean? It wasn't loads of money, but it's money to lose. I've lost monies in equipment. I've lost money. Let me tell you why I've lost a lot of money. Which people don't know. You don't get it. Tables. Tables. And poles. And rails. And stuff. Then they go missing. Like, like, think about it. When I was doing pop-up shops in 2013 and 14, I would go to certain places like shopping centres mm -hmm. and to do a pop-up shop in a shopping centre, you need to be official, meaning you need to have receipts, meaning you need to have a till, meaning you need to have um, 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 counters. I don't own none of this stuff. So I had to buy counters. I had to buy um, 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 tills. And then after the two weeks of pop-up shop, you crack back on with life and they get stored somewhere. Then when you go to pick them back up, the till's broke. And then when you go to pick up the rail, the rail's gone. Then you move on. But that's my money. I've invested in a lot of stuff that I've lost on. But you crack on. You know what I mean? 100%. I mean, when it comes to financial advice, I'm always very reserved of what I shared. I know we're talking about it from a, with a good intention to help people and get them to think differently. And again, I'm not saying I've made all the best choices in my life. I'm just saying that if I'd had financial education at an earlier age, I would have made better decisions. I'd have made a lot more money. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's like... Financial education, are you mad? We still don't have it now. No, we don't, absolutely. We're I'm still just learning. learning it, you know same. what I mean? But if, we had, if I had a little bit of it 10 years ago, 20 years ago, Oh. And that's what I'd say as well, like people were lucky now. We came from a time where mobile phones were just sort of kicking off. We had the game of snakes you can play. What are you talking about? I come from pages. Pages, okay. I, had, I had pages, I had pages before mobile phones. Yeah, I had pager, then I had to go phone box. I remember when one to one came out, proper remember, as in we was in the car, yeah. the lady said, there's this new phone, M301, flip. If you know your thing, you know your thing. M301, flip phone. 
one-to-one, -one, three after seven, three on weekends. Most ten pounds. It was ten pounds. Yeah. yeah. And years later, one-to-one -one tried to buy all those SIM cards back off everyone. Because yeah, it was right. rather seven. You know what I mean? But as in, when it first came out, I've come from pages. Then we went to phones. So that, that lesson of learning to not have, being able to still communicate, then to have and being able to communicate a certain way before social media, this has given us a lot of, I don't know, a lot of oomph and thick skin and ability. Because yeah. I feel like, you know, it's going way off, but not way off. But I feel like today, a lot of our youth, a lot of our, even adults, they're entitled. Yeah. Because they haven't gone through the grind. You know, they expect just to give me something. They, hey, all right then, you're talking about investment. I had to invest in a lot of my phones that I bought. A lot of phones that these kids have got, or these youth have got, or these adults have got, they're on finance. Mm -hmm. They wasn't finance back then. Or our people didn't have good credit to get finance back then. Now you can walk into a shop, you can get an iPhone, and you can have it loads of minutes, loads of data, £10 a month. And I think that builds entitlement. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on that point, so you said like the pages, I, I remember getting a mobile phone when I was in sixth form, and that was reluctantly because... Bless him. You said sixth form, I had a mobile phone in year seven. Yeah, so you had a phone in year seven. Donny. Bless Donnie. Bless Don. Because, firstly, I was mindful of money, because I didn't like spending much money back then. I was always about saving. Um, I never saved until I was like 30. Right now, we are in an information-rich society, yet knowledge-poor society. When I say that... <laughs> no, I get it. I get that straight right? away. Because you mentioned the pager and various other things, right? And that's great. And that's communication between peers and friends and the things you can do to communicate com completely. I mean, right now, people have access to the internet and knowledge. They've got influencers giving out free information. So we're here talking about investments and we're sort of touching in and out of things. Again, with investments, I get very nervous about suggesting specific things, usually because... It's your personal choice, and I think gut instinct is so important. Yeah, we're not taking no blame. We take no disclaimer. Yeah, we're not taking no blame. Disclaimer: I never told you to invest. In. I just told you I invested in, right? <laughs> and to look into it, right? <laughs> to so, look into it. if you're into investments, and follow the people on Instagram or wherever who are influencers, go on YouTube. You know, our channel is set up for more broader knowledge as well as touching on certain points. But I think, you know, you have got so much information out there. Um, you can either use it to watch funny videos or things that are going to progress your life. So that's also yeah. an investment. When you're on Instagram. That's an investment your because time. it's your time. You go, you go, you go through your school. Oh, I've learned this so long ago. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to see booty shaking and people chatting rubbish and funny jokes, stop following those pages. Mm -hmm. Follow knowledge pages. Follow in, um, influencers. Follow um, business owners. You know, I like to go down my timeline and just get vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, stay on one's page for a couple because I know. Oh, I missed his last two videos. I, I hardly got twerking down my, my page. I hardly got meme pages. Yes, we all like to laugh, but I think I'm in a serious stage of my life. So as we're talking about investment, the time that we're investing in looking at apps, I want it to benefit me. Yes, again, laughing is benefiting me, but there's time and places for jokes. Most of the time, when I go on social media, and this is something for the public. Yes, I'm across a few platforms. Yes, I am regularly on them. But when I am on them, I'm physically working. Physically, I mean, the time it takes me to look at everybody who's liked my picture. Yes, I look at every single person who's liked my picture. Why? Because I want to know who's new. And I want to know if you're real. And I want to know where you've come from. Yes, I might not be able to work it out all the time. But if I click into you and you've got, I don't know, free post and rare, rare, I feel like, oh, where did you come from? What do you do? You're kind of dodgy. Cool. Then I look at, you know, you might, you might have cars in there. And I think, oh, imagine that. I just went to an award show, sitting next to a guy who does cars. Since he's followed me, a couple car guys follow me. I analyse. I proper analyse. The time it takes me to go through my comments and reply to people, then go to another page and go to DMs and then post. I've already been on Instagram for about 45 minutes. So I don't have no extra time now to scroll through different crazy stuff or go and check up on, I would say, friends. Mm -hmm. If you wanna check your friend, you phone them. I don't need to see what you're doing on social media. I hopefully that you're doing something progressive mm -hmm. and I just hope that. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in my timeline, 
I might not see your post. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it all comes down to choice, how you spend your day. And like I mentioned in one of our previous episodes, that when I was deciding to do that MBA, right. and again, I'm not saying it's the be-all and end-all to do these things, yeah. but I simply made a decision that I'm going to spend less time on Facebook and use that evening time instead <laughs> yes. on my studies. And now I've got free initials at the end of my name yeah. that I can come and talk about, and it's given me knowledge, it's, it's given me structure. It's given you value. It's given yeah. me value. It's added, you know, to have that under my name, it's like I wasn't even sure if I was going to go to university. Now, like, like we always say, it doesn't matter whether you go to university or not. It's grit, it's determination, and what you put in is your output. And again, it's all investment of your time and mental space. But that was my example of sacrificing social media and just going and studying something where I got value, met people, made a network. You know, I've gone into business with some of these people as well for something else I'm working on and a mental health app, which I don't usually talk about. Um, but... Yeah, so you build an entire network and it just grows you. I think everything for me is about growth. And if something hasn't gone your way, then hey, it's a lesson. But it's perspective on looking at it. And that's why I say not to take risks which are going to affect your home, your family, and your mood. Calculated risks. Yes, calculated risks. Not just any risk, calculated risks. Because I love how you manage to go for your MBA how? By sacrificing just your social media time. Because a lot of people say they ain't got time, but they use a lot of time doing foolishness. Yeah. So if you can calculate your foolishness time, like as in, what time do you wake up? That's just normal. If you don't have a job, you can't be waking up at 12. I'm just telling you, you missed a lot of hours. So that's the first sacrifice, the time you wake up. The time you go sleep. You can go sleep at eight, but you've got a few more hours that you could be working. Or if you go sleep at one, what was you doing from eight to one? Playing computer. So you can sacrifice a little computer time. You have to manage your time, see what you can sacrifice in order to gain. And that's why I love that you've used that analogy, because it was a real life analogy, that you've just taken away just my Facebook time to go and be able to study and get those initials. That's amazing. And I don't think I spoil anyone's life by not posting about cars in that time That's either. What I'm I don't think they miss me either. So it's like, what was I doing? Why was I spending so much time on this platform? But I think, Dexter, I think we come to a really important point, which is not only what value are we adding to our lives, but what value do we add to others? And what value do we add whether we're doing something in our own business or the workplace? And I say that because, you know, I, I sometimes am a bit concerned about the amount of information out there. And how easy it is to watch one video and go into a trail and the next thing you know, you've watched like seven or eight videos and that's yeah. a half an hour ago. Yeah, it sucks, it sucks your it time. Sucks your time. Oh, yeah. So that's why I worry about, you know, the, the people we're trying to approach and those who we want to, you know, listen to our podcast in particular, you might be at early stages in your career. Yeah. Right? So if you want all these jobs, you can't talk about how many videos you've watched on YouTube or TikTok as your this is my life experience. Bro. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, come on, you've got to have a balance of what have you actually done? Exactly. Because I'll be open. And this is the craziest thing I'll say on our podcast. Stop watching us. Start doing. Stop watching us. Start doing. Like, I love that you've got to watch us. Subscribe, like, you watch us every week. But I hope you're doing something every week to progress your life. Because as much as we want views, as much as we want every week more, more for ourselves. I hope that you are taking this knowledge and building something for yourself until you get to like episode nine and you'll be like, I never got time to watch episode 10 because my podcast is taking off now. You know, I will be more than happy to see our views go down if we was to get some emails to say, yeah, I've stopped watching you now because guess what? My life's turned up because of the knowledge you've got. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's time to start implementing the knowledge you so-called obtained from social media. Let's do less watching, liking, clicking, and let's do more action. Walk the walk, talk the talk. Be a doer, not just a talker. Don't talk about it, be about it. And you lot know I've been saying that since 2000 and I think it was nine. Remember when I said, it's not always about the keys in the streets, because people used to ask, why have you got so much keys? Remember, I'm not a road you no more, so it's not always about the keys in the streets, it's about different type of keys. And remember what else I said? You soon see me with Alicia keys.
<laughs> but keep that one quiet, you get me? Because Swiss might not like me. Is he coming? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you've got some gems. And look out for what's about to happen after. Because we, we can't even say. It's it. We're, we're stopping it right there. Episode 5. I hope you've enjoyed. Take it in. Rewatch them. Repost them. Like and subscribe. But more importantly, start implementing. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Stay well, stay positive. Again, Dexter and myself, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Proper. But look out for more. Still watch. Thank you.